Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. looks amazing. Um, oh, thanks. Okay. Are you, you look great. Do I? Yeah, you look I think good. it's all the very helpful lighting you've set up. <laughs> well, I'm looking directly at your face. Oh, well, still. still. Um, okay. So, for this episode, I realised that Julie's listeners now are going to hear me talking and intro in her podcast, but we decided to do a crossover podcast. So, for my listeners, the shift is usually dating relationships sex and then sometimes it's just a chat sometimes we totally just go off on a totally different but that's generally the team and so for obviously julie your podcast is usually do you want to intro it for so crime land which katie has been on before and has been a great guest is essentially looking at historical true crime so i invite a different funny person on every week and i tell them a historical true crime story so because the shift is kind of a relationship podcast katie you had the really good idea of doing a crossover but we look at a historical true crime which involves a bit of romance a bit of romance a bit of dating a good warning for us all I actually don't know what it's about yet so but I think you know a lot of these stories I don't know what it says about love but like when you were saying oh would you have one you know written up that involves a bit of romance to be honest I think they nearly always involve yeah something romantic yeah like some kind of like love relationship gone sour like it's just it's such a fine line between love and murder is what i'm saying it's so true remember what you said um to me the other day so obviously julie's in new york she's here for uh irish comedy show and staying with me and we were talking about how and i'm pretty sure this is you but i also had just spent the day with it there so i'm getting confused who said this to me but i think it was you and I was saying about how most women actually get murdered or assaulted or attacked by someone they know. Oh, for There's sure. There's like a statistic. And was it you who said, I'm blanking now what I was just about to say, but was it you who said, um, oh yeah, that men say that they're terrified of women will la- women will laugh at them. And there was this, this wasn't you. No, so jo- well, I think Joanne used to have a bit about this. Was Didn't it? she, Joanne McNally? Well, it's apparently like a, I, I actually... The, is this, you know, the the, the bit about um, like men have a fear when you show up for a date that you're going to have a bit of muffin top and women have a fear they're going to turn up and they're going to get murdered. No, but that's that a great, was a Joanne that's a great McNally bit. bit. No, there's an actual study like where they, they, uh, they question, uh, question the, what's it called when you mass study question women? What's a survey? It? Thank you, God. How, how have I been doing this? 
this podcast without you. <laughs> My vocab's terrible. Not at um, all. But no, seriously though, there was a survey and it was like, what were women's biggest fear when it comes to men versus men's biggest fear? And men's biggest fear was they're afraid women would laugh at them. And women's was they're afraid men would murder them. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like, so obviously like men don't even think about that. Whereas women like you're thinking about it and it's funny you're probably thinking about it walking down the street like you're walking down a quiet street i put up a instagram video once of my my old street in astoria and it was all alleyway 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 big white van big white van big white van and i was like walking in the middle and i was like so scary but and you know but realistically probably more likely to get murdered by leland <laughs> he's so lovely he's not gonna do it but you know what i mean i was wondering like i didn't want to say but i did find a document that leland has I mean look I didn't read the whole thing but the vibe I got from the first paragraph is he has taken off out a life insurance policy on you which is always a red flag because I feel like that's a real American thing you know when you hear these horrific stories about people being murdered by their spouse there's always like they had recently taken out a life insurance policy can you even get life insurance in Ireland like is it a thing I don't know like in Ireland we don't have any I don't know if we value ourselves enough to take out an insurance policy on ourselves I don't I think they've like ah stop yeah even then the insurance people would be like no well I did a gig in Scotland with the brilliant Liam Farley who's a fantastic comedian like he really is he like he reminds me of kind of like a young Kevin Bridges Frankie Boyd he's so so good he's from Glasgow but I was at a show with him and he was talking about having a child recently and he was like I mean I didn't even have he was on stage and he was like guys I didn't even have a life insurance policy and the audience were all laughing and then he came off stage and I was like should I get a life insurance (laughs) policy I don't know I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all a bit mental. Like, I'm about to get cat insurance for the cat, and that's going to be more than my own health insurance a month. What? No way. Yeah, As yeah. in, like, just for vet bills and stuff? Apparently, it doesn't even cover, none of them even cover your, your vet visit. It's just for, like, which is mental to me. But if anything happens to the cat that's so expensive in New York City to get any sort of, like, operation. Now, look, I would be of the mind that, you know, if something happened. Don't say you can just get a new cat. No, you can't. I can't. No, Madra I can't. No, I love Madra. Is here for a lot. Yeah. But I would have been of the mind before, like, oh, if the cat gets sick, like, you know, that's bad and, uh-huh. they, and they die. But now that I have Madra, I'm like, no, I would probably spend the of money course. to get them fixed. And it's like, my friend had a cat where it ate a piece of string, so it was stuck out of its mouth and it was stuck out of its arse. So it was stuck in what? its... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the string. As in, in one end, out the other. <laughs> That's like human centipede stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So to get it out, like, and it was twisting up his insides, it cost him eight grand. Because he didn't have pet insurance. Whereas if you had pet insurance, they'd probably foot the bill for maybe six grand of it, you know? Eight grand. Yeah. Jeez, I would have pulled that bit of string out <laughs> of the arse myself for eight grand. My God. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you love your cat, but like, honestly, like... If it was eight grand for yourself, you'd be finding it hard to pull the money to get yourself fixed. You know, so Honestly, like, if I had a bit of string hanging out of my <laughs> arse, I have a bit of string hanging out of my fanny every month. <laughs> yeah, but it's not coming out of your mouth as well. Well, depends on the month. Okay, it's very easy. By the way, beware of toxic shock syndrome is, is, yeah, a, is a big thing. You need to really be conscious of the strings hanging out of your body is what I'm saying. Even though we've all, I had this conversation with somebody recently who was that very brave celebrity who came out recently and talked about toxic shock syndrome, Maura Higgins. I don't know if oh, you know Maura. Yeah, I love Maura. Of course, fellow Longford head. Um, but she was talking about how, um, and I was so happy she came out to talk about this. Well, I mean, we love Maura anyway, but she Definitely. was saying about how like a tampon had been stuck up her vagina or whatever and obviously she was getting sick and feeling unwell and thankfully they got it in time because you know obviously toxic shock syndrome is actually such an acute illness and so serious but I was so happy she came out to talk about it because it's it is a bit stigmatized how did it get stuck up in her she just kind of forgot well you know yourself it's like you know because you can you can forget like it's it's very it's never happened to me personally but it has happened to a lot of friends of mine and I can easily see how it would happen so you know what I'm saying is you need to watch the string situation but also it's completely understandable if one gets a little bit waylaid 100% especially if you've been drinking 
the next morning you're waking up being like I don't remember if I actually took it out or is it all yeah well there? one morning because I don't drink a lot anymore but one morning when I was on the lash one night when I was on the lash the next morning like it is always very alarming when you reach down there's two strings you're like this is wrong like a puppeteer <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's like hard a, a puppet on a p- 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 yeah, we have to, string. We have to worry about strings and being murdered. Do you remember that Eurovision song, Puppet on a String? No, I have no it's idea what you It's such a classic. In fact, tonight at our New York comedy gig, I want to come on to that song. I want you to find it and I want that to be my walk-on song. I have to disappoint you and say we have no walk-on music okay. in New York. Nobody said that before I rebuked <laughs> the return plot. I want like a WWF entrance. You know what I'll do? I'll I'll learn the words like and when you're, I'll sing it. P- like p- a puppet? No. <laughs> string. And it's a very breathy kind of a vocal. And instead of clapping, I'll get the audience to throw tampons at you. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Well, as long I mean, you are paying me eight grand for the gig tonight, yeah, so that yeah. seems only God, fair. So I'm very excited about the old shift crime land. Yes, this is exciting. Marriage. So you said you had an historical romance. True I thought crime. you were writing up a historical true crime story. Well, so Mary Antoinette, she said to have cake, and I don't know where, what happened with her fella. But. And that's the end of the podcast. Can yeah. we just say as well, because we both love the old true crime, we happened upon the best bookshop ever yesterday. Yeah, mystery bookshop in, I guess it would be like Lower West Side, even though I told, like, there, there's not, it's down near Ground Zero. But it's all mystery, true crime, thriller books. Like, it honestly... I, I just, I couldn't get over it. I don't, I can't believe a bookshop like that exists. I know. No, it's amazing. Such I, a joy. I love those type of books as well because they're usually like, you can kind of dissociate where it's like, well, this isn't real. Sometimes when I'm watching stuff that's like, like I had to turn off the Jeff, Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. I didn't I watch like, it. It was making me feel sick. Mm. I watched the Ted Bundy one, but um, I wanted to do a crime podcast and nobody steal this idea because I might do it one day when I stop being such a scary baby i'll tell you what it was i wanted to do a true true crime so because there's an app here where you can see all the crime in your local area oh stop it so i thought it'd be fun it was not fun when i downloaded the app i was fucking terrified to leave my house i was getting a notification like someone was shot 10 feet away from your location i was like i can't even how could i even make that funny well i have to say i don't know how i slept the other night when you were telling me about people crawling down from the (laughs) from the roof crawling in the window to rob the place I was like night night to you too Katie my yeah, god that was in the 90s I was saying to Julie that so we live in Chelsea now and it's very nice and it is an area that like would be predominantly known for having maybe gay men live in the, in the mm. area so his oh, sometimes I forget to breed uh, Leland's uncle who we rent off um, lives with his husband now but he was there was all these like big bars on the window and I was like it feels like we're in a prison like let's get rid of them but then Leland told him and he was like, well, when I moved in, people would, cr- it wasn't a, a like safe area the way it is now. Because um, obviously. It's such a lovely area the, now. Yeah, all the uh, men made it so much safer and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like the gay men. But the, they, uh, he said that people would crawl, they would crawl up, come out from the roof and crawl down or crawl up the fire escape to try to break into places. Which is really reassuring, isn't it? Well, then I was like, fuck, we've already taken the bars off. So I don't know, like, I just hope. But then Leland was like, nobody, nobody's going to be scaling the building now in Chelsea. No, and to be fair, like, we have Madra now to protect us. Yeah, little. he already protected us from the fucking camera. Trying to bite through the, he bit through the a bunch of cords. I Well, do you know what? Yeah. Am no, I going to curse on your podcast? Oh, absolutely. Oh, Go God. for it. Drop, that, drop those F-bombs, I baby. Good F-bomb. Okay, will I dive right in? Do it. Okay, so... Right, okay, how just, should, I'm wondering, because usually when I do the crime, I'm like, this week, we're chatting about whatever. So this week, I have one written up for you. I think you're really going to enjoy it. This is the story of Martha Heslop. Okay, I'm going to just dive right in. So Martha Heslop, so basically, she was born in Elstree in England in 1746. And she was the daughter of a dressmaker. So at age 13, she went into an apprenticeship as a milliner. Which, would you be a hat person? You strike me as someone I'd say you're into hats, are you? No, I hate the feeling of them on my head. I also think my head's like slightly bigger than the average hat size. Really? I don't know, it just feels a bit you have a lovely sized head. (laughs) Um, So Martha, basically, she was the daughter of a dressmaker. You know, I guess kind of... 
Dara, like, you know, she was, she was, uh, she was kind of a lower class, shall we say. So like, she was very much kind of um, coming from kind of a working class background. And at age 13, she started this apprenticeship, which would have been obviously du jour for people of her class within this era. So she was tipping away, making her hats and doing her thing when one day Martha came to the attention of John Montagu, the fourth Earl of Sandwich. Does that is this ringing any bells? The fourth Earl of Sandwich. Yes. Sandwich like. So she's making hats and he's eating sandwiches. Well, because you know this story about the. So where a sandwich actually originated. So he. This are we talking guy, about a sandwich with ham and lettuce? And we tomato? certainly are. So this guy, which I don't know if you'd heard this story before. So this guy would have invented the sandwich, essentially, right. as we know it, like the modern, modern day um, sandwich. Oh, my apologies. Okay. So. <laughs> I had Martha Hessop in one source for the name of this woman, but actually it was Martha Ray seemed to be the one that was more commonly used. So we're going to go with Martha Ray. Perfect. Okay. The, obviously the, you know, research here is impeccable because I was thinking to myself, I have this. So what I do is I amalgamate different sources. I should probably quote a couple of them actually now. So Murderpedia. We always use Murderpedia, generally speaking, for the historical stuff that we do. Um, Wikipedia was another great one. But I did use a really brilliant article from the Watford Observer as well, written by Paul Heslop, Anne Nobelt and Archibald Thompson Hall, which are all very impressive names. I'm sure we'd all agree. So in that article... She was referred to as Martha Heslop, but I didn't actually see that in any other source. So in every other source, including the Smithsonian, which was uh, they had a fantastic article on this. So if you do like a long read, it's like really well written, very literary. And on the Smithsonian, they continue to refer to her as Ray. So actually going forward, I'm going to refer to her as Martha Ray. Is that OK? That's perfect. Can we perfect. just come back to Murderpedia? The sandwich. OK, Murderpedia. Wait, Murderpedia sounds like someone who would like jack off to murder yes well I tell you Murderpedia is great because it's essentially a Wikipedia for murderers and they amalgamate all these different newspaper articles and sources and I actually find it brilliant especially for the older stuff because it literally is just a catalogue of like newspaper articles on different murders that's amazing yeah it's pretty cool it's great I use it an awful lot so this guy John Montague he invented the sandwich and the story apparently was that he didn't want to leave his gaming room he was quite a social butterfly and he got his poor old servants to basically take his supper and put it between two slices of bread so that he could eat it at the gaming table and the rest is history. So he invented the sandwich. Um, So this guy, John Montague, Mr. Sandwich, he was kind of a big deal. So he would go on to hold the position of First Lord of the Admiralty, which was like you know it was a big position he was very much at the pinnacle of 18th century aristocracy and a really powerful guy so Martha was about 16 and Lord Sandwich happened upon Martha one day when she was at work and he was instantly besotted with Martha so by the way just doing the maths on this he was 44 at the time and she was 16 of course course, course, says you so it's the age old story (laughs) so Lord Sandwich was a married man who'd been living apart from his wife for seven years due to her deteriorating mental health so she'd actually been declared insane which let's face it probably just means PMS (coughs) wait oh god all the all the listeners are going to be like oh my god can I get she coughed into we're not allowed to cough anymore over but wait you said that his wife was declared insane yes so he was married and his wife had been declared insane but like double tamponed it (laughs) oh for sure yeah like definitely I mean he declared her insane because he got a crush on the the 16 year old I mean she could have you know maybe she did have mental health problems but I think you know we all know like any of us who've read like Jane Eyre Mad Woman in the Attic and all that kind of crack like I mean I would take it with a pinch of salt as well because obviously we can't diagnose people that many years ago but also when it came to women and mental health like whatever about men and mental health yeah it was just you know it was a little bit dodgy it was you know it's I don't know but like look according to the sources I had read she did have severe mental health problems so maybe the poor woman did have like a lot of stuff going on but basically they still technically were married you know as such but she was deemed I guess not a competent spouse so Lord Sandwich took a real shining to Martha and he took it upon himself to see that Martha received a good end education. So he sent her to France where she would learn to, quote, be a lady. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had these finishing schools back in the day. And that was where you went to basically learn etiquette and social graces. So she went to this one in France. And there she also did. So with these schools, essentially, it was like learning how to be a lady. Um, and, you know, as I said, etiquette and stuff. But they would also get them to do kind of, quote, ladylike things. Like they would coach them in terms of singing. They would get them to play, play like a nice musical instrument. Like not like the bass guitar yeah. not the drums like but just like, something gentle it sounds like just old fashioned grooming Ex- oh 100% right. yes wouldn't lads love nowadays they could just for send sure. off a young woman <laughs> it was all about the grooming because she went off now for the year and you know she learned the etiquette blah 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 but she also learned um, a musical instrument called the harpiscord. Not 100% sure what that is. Please get in touch if you do know what it is. <laughs> and then she also worked on her singing voice. She was supposed to have a lovely singing voice. So she came back age 17. Lord Sandwich at this stage of his career was at the height of aristocracy. But that's not to say he had a respected record necessarily. So he was respected in some ways. But a massive, I suppose, stain on his CV was the fact that He'd obviously been involved in the British response to the American War of Independence, the American Revolution. And of course, as we all know, Britain essentially failed in that. Like it was a massive failure for Britain. And this was definitely like a stain on his reputation because he was very much involved and the whole thing had been a disaster. So that's just, you know, as an aside. He was also an active member of the so-called Hellfire Club, which was also known as the Monks of Medmen, Medmenham, which was like this gentleman's club, really popular with the aristocracy and even royalty and renowned for, quote, hard drinking and womanizing habits of wealthy rakes. So like just, you know, basically going on the lash and doing the dog in it. And they refer to this as like a gentleman's club. So when she was 17, Martha came back from France And she officially became Lord Sandwich's mistress. So as you said, the previous year, she had essentially just been groomed, essentially, to become his partner. Um, Far from having a secret affair with Martha, he actually brought her to the family home. So he brought her into the family home at Hitchingbrook in, now I hope I'm pronouncing this right, in Huntingtonshire. He wanted Martha to be his wife in everything but name, a position that would have suited her, no doubt. But of course, he couldn't actually marry Martha as divorce in those days was really expensive and would have been seriously damaging to his reputation and his high level career. As an Englishman, that that would be damaging because sure, that's after Henry VIII married like eight oh, women. Oh, very true. Yeah, so I'm surprised that it I wouldn't guess be. it was probably still a bit taboo, though. Was it? Maybe it was only okay if you were a king. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's funny. I suppose it was probably still a bit taboo, but also maybe he just wasn't that arsed in getting married again. Yeah, maybe he just wanted to have her on, like, he wanted his cake and eat it too. Yeah, because they did, the funny thing about these two is they did seem to, you know, obviously she was so much younger than him. There was a massive imbalance of power. But by all accounts, it seemed like they were actually quite happy as a unit because Martha, she lived the life of a lady. She entertained friends. They were very social. They were like very, very popular and well known. She slotted nicely into the grand lifestyle. Like she didn't have the legal status of wife, but the social circle seemed to like accept her and there was no snobbery or anything like that. Now, maybe, you know, they're... It might have been like, it mightn't have been overt snobbery, but it seemed like she really did slot in and people accepted her. She had five children with Lord Sandwich. Oh yes, yeah, so they went All down to... wedlock. Yeah, well, this is it. So what's interesting about this case, and I was quite heartened by it, is that like the kids, they were out of wedlock, <coughs> but they were treated very well. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, nice to hear that like they, they weren't, you know, treated differently from his legitimate yeah. kids. And I use that word in inverted commas because obviously at the time the term would have been like illegitimate. So um, and maybe there was a bit of like a like a respect to his actual like his. Oh, men- I'm mentally unwell so maybe if she was mentally unwell wife maybe there was a- she, yeah 100% like I mean you know she could have been and it did seem like they seemed to get on very well and it seemed to be a happy arrangement for Sorry, everyone involved no 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 of course it just acted up but what would you say you it seemed to be- no just as in that it seemed to be a pretty happy arrangement by all accounts so there was one major worry of course which bothered Martha Lord Sandwich he was a lot older than her obviously and um, 
if he died before her, which of course was likely, she would probably be kicked out of the gaff and have nothing. That'd be off. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. If he had a freak accent as well. She was suspect. very vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, she was very, very vulnerable. And obviously her kids as well would have been vulnerable and probably would have been left without any money. So she was understandably worried and even told Lord Sandwich that she could get into acting as kind of a side hustle in order to make her own living. Of course, Lord Sandwich was old school, which during this era was just called school. Yeah, like, he was just like he was not of the opinion that his wife should go off doing her own thing yeah. and you know making her own money. Can I say something as a side note? You know the way like there's all these like you'll see these kind of incelly or angry men on the internet and they're like you know women because some guy commented on my thing and basically women shouldn't be allowed to vote, which was funny. Cause- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I can't actually I, I agree with him. But, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is that oh, now thinking about it, sure, they were living the life of Mary back in the of day. Course. These guys are probably looking, reading back these history things and being like, I could tell my wife what to do. Oh, God, Leland would hate that, though, because when I'm like, I can't decide on a restaurant, he, he, he wouldn't want to have to tell me what to do with my life. <laughs> I, I can't imagine anything worse than having to be the authority for even myself. Yeah. I hate being the driving seat of my own life, let alone like giving somebody else directions. So yeah, like look, this guy, exactly that. It was a time when obviously misogyny was rife, etc. He was not up for his wife getting, well, his effective wife getting on stage. So uh, he thought like it was kind of a body profession. Anything to do with the arts was kind of considered a bit body. And he also refused to divorce his wife, even though she had that old chestnut, Katie, when the ex has been declared insane, but he still won't divorce her. I know, like, Jesus, like, talk about having to, you know, you'd be kind of like, oh, God, she's texting or calling his ex. But this guy's like, she's living in the basement. Or oh, whatever. yeah. Complete mad woman in the attic stuff. Like, yeah. she was just in the West Wing. She was in the West Wing. Yeah. So she Is this was... where Jane Eyre or one of them, got, Jane Austen, got that? On Wuthering Jane Eyre What's with the called? mad woman in the attic. Wuthering Heights. Well, um, no, I was about was to sing the Kate Bush song. Jane Eyre, where there's the mad woman in the attic. But it's like she's actually not mad. You know what? That could actually have been the inspiration behind this. I didn't have to say I didn't find any evidence that that was the case. But like, I definitely, as I was researching this, I kept thinking back to that mad woman in the attic element, and I was like, what? I mean, because this would have been a really well known case. Yeah. So maybe. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was kind of the inspiration behind it. It's definitely very, it definitely has overtones. So then one day came along. This is when things get very interesting. In 1775, this soldier called Captain James Hackman came to visit. So he came to the sandwiches and just popped over for a sandwich. Wait, sorry, is his last name Sandwich again? So Lord Sandwich is... His John, name is Sandwich. So John Montague was his name, but he was like the Lord of Sandwich. So, you know, for example... um. Like, you know, with the aristocracy, they would have these titles. But so, I mean, for example, like Princess of Wales, that kind of thing. Oh, Sandwich was a place. Yes. Oh, so that makes sense now. To I me. think it came from, so Sandwich, it came from, I think, like, as in a, essentially a shire. So, like, that, yeah. you know, when you kind of go back to, like, the feudal system, etc., and they had, like, these different titles. So he was the Lord of Sandwich, but his name was John Montague. Could you imagine being the Lord of coca-cola or like the lord of tea or the yeah. lord of potato well i think sandwich is a pretty impressive because everyone i love a sandwich a sandwich is that's how i live oh i mean I li- that's I, how that's we what all I eat live for dinner. 
thank you, John Montague. Or should we say thank you to his poor servants who, like, can you imagine the chef had cooked up this amazing dinner and that fecker couldn't mm. be arsed getting off his gaming table to eat his feckin' dinner. Yeah, yeah. And he still gets the credit for inventing this sandwich. But anyway. Yeah, it was the chef. He was the chef. So James Hackman, he had joined the army at 19 and he was in the county on a recruiting drive. He was invited to Hitchingbrook, which of course was the gaff that John Montague lived in with Martha. So this is a new guy into the story. This is a new guy. He was a soldier. He was a younger fella. He came to the house and he was instantly obsessed with Martha. Martha was seven years older than him and it was just like he... Was besotted. Absolutely ah. besotted. Yes. Jinx. What's no, that's not jinx. What's the word I you know, use? I don't know, but unjinx it or I won't be able to talk to Unjinx. But what do you say when some, we say the snap? Snap. Snap. Okay. I have no idea. Um, so he knew, of course, that she was the mistress of the Earl. Sandwich. Okay, Lord Sandwich. And that she had five children with him. But nonetheless, he asked her to marry him, even oh. though he knew that she was very much shacked up. She turned him down, pledging loyalty to Lord Sandwich and saying that she would never marry a soldier. So she kind of, I guess... Um, Gave a bit of shade. A bit a bit snobby about it. You know, she was Forgot just like, where she came from. Well, I mean, sure, isn't that often the case? That yes. like, oftentimes I feel, you know, somebody... It's probably stemming from insecurity, but, you know, the people who kind of come up... Um, you know, maybe from a lower class and they're suddenly kind of cast into this really arist- arist- aristocratic world and it's very wealthy, very privileged. Like, they have such a fear of going back to where yeah. they were. You know, you see it in comedy as well, like com- comedians who are, like, doing better or, like, at a higher level. But you can tell it's a bit of an insecurity because they'll kind of turn their nose up at younger comics coming in and not be polite or, yeah, like, give shade. And it's like... That was you. I, I always try. To it's be, a fear. It's just. A, it's just coming out of yeah, the stem. Out of I always fear, try I to make, especially at the club, if there's like newer, like make them feel comfortable. There was a, there was a, like a, a younger comic recently, kind of hanging at the at the bar, and I was like, "Come on into the green room with us." And I thought it was being nice, but then actually, I think I just put that comic into like a hell pack because we were all talking, having the crack, and they looked like they just wanted. I know. I think they just were so uncomfortable. Where yeah, I was yeah, kind of yeah, like, "Come yeah. on in, it's fine." But then they were kind of like, oh. "Katie Boyle strikes again." <laughs> Trying to be nice. I know. I know. But you know what? The I think your intention was good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, sure that the more they nice also should do inclusive. that. They should go into the green room more and get comfortable. Of course, because the more you do it, the more comfortable you exactly. get. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And everybody in that room was not. They would have been nice and yeah. Yeah. But I can see how. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so that's I just funny that is, that's in like all aspects of life where for people sure. get For sure. And, and Martha was just like, look, you know, the reason I won't marry you is because you're a soldier. Like, there's no way I'm trading down, basically. Yeah, yeah. And she, she's not trading down, though. She's also getting another 20 years with her partner. Well, yes. And also, he was offering her some security in that he was like, I will marry you. Yeah. And she had, like, the five kids. And he was like, it's no problem. I will marry you. But... He, so he was like... So she was like, no way. It's not happening. Um... James, unfortunately for him, he kind of, so he kind of obviously was Deva at this. He went off and he didn't give up though on Martha. And he decided that he wanted her to be his wife so badly that he went off and decided, okay, I'm going to get a new career. And he joined the church to become a reverend. So he was like, I'm going to get an honorable inverted commas career and uh, then she'll marry me. So once he was ordained to reverend uh, in 1779, so four years later, he was sent to Norfolk. And again, he proposed to Martha, who again turned him down. Jesus, this lad. Yeah, I mean, it's just getting to the stage like, you know, I think uh, you can only propose to a person so many times. I mean, before in you those, have to get the message. Times, no did not mean no to men. Like well, we, we, we spent centuries being like, no means no. I know, that's true. And the penny hasn't dropped with a lot of people out there. There's still a lot of guys who have yet to learn that one. So four years later, after meeting Martha, James was still obsessed, unable to take no for an answer, and he decided to take 
very extreme action. Oh, stop. No, he's, he's so, obsessive. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's not romantic. I know you were initially thinking like Love Actually, but it, which in itself is a really unsettling film, but exactly similar to Love Actually where you're like, oh, okay, this is cute. And then maybe about 20 minutes in, you're like, this is so creepy. This is when it gets Wait, really creepy. Wait, what happened in Love Actually that was creepy? You know, Andrew Lloyd's character turns up on the doorstep and he's like oh, obsessed yeah. with his best, best mate's wife. I always thought that was strange that she kissed him. The boundaries are so bad. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. So that there's there's a whack of there's definitely a whack of this now off it because basically off the whole thing because he then travelled to London to try to persuade her to meet him. She sent he sent a note to her friends. So she had these friends, Senor and Signore, Signora Gali to Martha so she had these Spanish friends he gave them a note and said please give it to Martha in the note he begged her to meet him for only five minutes oh god no don't do it Martha later he would say he never intended to harm her which may or may not be true but in any event Martha refused to meet him and she wrote a note back which the obviously the maids passed on to him saying look please just leave me alone which is very clear yeah yeah very clear um at this point, then, it would appear that James intended to end his life. OK, so he really took this very badly because at that point he'd written a letter to his brother-in-law saying, quote, may heaven protect my beloved woman and forgive this act which alone could release me from a world of misery I have long endured. Sorry, they're very dramatic back in the day. He probably hasn't even kissed her. Oh, the, oh well, kisses. this is the question. So he... On the evening of the 7th of April, 1779, which was a Wednesday, Martha Ray went to Covent Garden Theatre to see the play Love in a Village. That same evening, James was seen drinking brandy in the nearby Bedford Coffee Tavern. Around 11 o'clock, she left in the company of her friend Sonora Galley, and both women were escorted by Lord Col- Colrain. James was among the crowd in this theatre watching Martha the whole time. So apparently witnesses said that Martha took the arm of an unknown man when she was going to get into her coach. So she just kind of took the arm of this guy. And what does that mean, took the arm? Just... Like it's in, you know, when you link arms with someone. But like, so she knew she was linking arms with him. Oh yeah, like she kind of just like linked arms with this guy momentarily when she was just kind of steadying herself exiting the theatre. And this was considered, presumed to be like the tipping point for crazed James. As Martha prepared to... Oh, because it was just a random guy and he just thought, oh, there's another guy. So he, so as Martha prepared to step into her waiting carriage, wait for it, he shot her in the head, killing her instantly. But James wasn't finished for he carried another pistol. So he had two guns on him, took out the other gun, which he pointed to his own head in an apparent attempt to shoot himself. But basically the crowd immediately lunged at James and they wrestled the gun off him. So when he went to shoot himself, the bullet actually just kind of kind of just glanced off him a bit and it wounded him. He only got a very superficial wound because the crowd were wrestling the gun off him. As he fell to the ground, he struck himself repeatedly with the butt of the gun, whereupon he was seized and handed over to the police. Now, sorry, this isn't just a, oh, that was too much because he brought two guns. That's so premeditated. Well, this is the, yes, this was a big issue in the trials. So Lord Sandwich was at home. The driver of the coach returned home without Martha and he told Lord Sandwich the news. And apparently his response was, I could have, quote, I could, quote, I could have borne anything but this. So there did seem to be like real love between the two of them. I mean, he should have fucking married her and this would have never happened. Yeah. So one week later his fault it's James that's the young guy right fucking praised so one week later Martha was buried and four days after that James Hackman still only 27 he was only a young fella stood trial at the old baby for her murder incredibly despite multiple witnesses and a lot of evidence against him like the fact that he brought two guns there was letters suggesting that he was obsessed with Martha he wasn't taking no for an answer he pleaded not guilty of course of course he did because you know it'd be different if you shot a man classic classic straight white male privilege here also as well classic uh, if I want something I should have something I should have it entitlement like like, oh no you guys are crazy for not thinking that I shouldn't shoot her in the head for not loving me so not surprisingly the court was jammers like absolutely rammed full of people Um, there was huge interest in this case clearly because it was you know it had very a lot of fascinating aspects 
drugs, there was scandal, all the rest. James's defence team argued that Martha and James had in fact been meeting in secret and engaged in an affair. No. So his defence argued that they'd been meeting up, they had an affair, which by the way, like I'm sorry, that still wouldn't justify yeah. what he did. In his statement, James told the court, quote, I stand here the most wretched of human beings and confess myself a criminal to a high degree. I acknowledge that my determination against my own life was formal and complete. The will to destroy her who was dearer to me than life was never mine until a momentary frenzy overcame me. Oh. So he insisted that he only intended to kill himself and that he shot Martha in like a momentary frenzy. Oh, so is he going to put both the guns up to either side head? Well, this is do it. Like an X so obviously of... the big question was if he intended on taking only his own life why the two guns yeah absolutely sorry was he afraid that it'd go in through his head and he'd have to go oh need another one well it's funny because people said like maybe it was because you know if he missed the first time that he had a second gun and hilariously he did actually end up missing his own head because people wrestled the gun off him so like you know pretty bad attempt the jury then didn't even bother to deliberate they found him guilty of murder and james was sentenced to hanging in three days time because they didn't wait around yeah good now interestingly lord sandwich did something then which was really unexpected this is this is really now like whoa he sent james a message to his prison cell saying that he forgave him even though he had quote robbed him of all the comfort in the world so is that some sort of 1700s therapy? Maybe he'd gone to Yeah, like, I mean, it sounds like, like to, kind of restorative justice. Yeah, you need to like forgive before he dies. I mean, it is kind I of mean, that's kind impressive. Of Christ- that's kind of Christian or whatever. For sure. And I do actually think it kind of, I, I actually think it it's complimentary of his character. You know, the fact that he was quite obviously, by all accounts, he was very much devastated by the loss of Martha. But also he told this guy, look, I forgive you. Well, also, he mu- he might be religious. Maybe that's why he didn't want to get divorced and then sending this, I forgive you before they... Oh, like, that's maybe. That's a very religious thing. Like, if for you to move on, you must forgive people's sins. That's actually sins very true. They'll deal with it when they meet their maker or whatever. I think you're on to something. Actually, that, do you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially since he didn't want to get divorced. The when story he was- checks out. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Lord Sandwich also said, so this again points to the fact that he must have been religious. He also said that he would use his influence to stop the hanging because he didn't believe he should be hanged. But James said he didn't want to live and that he wanted to die. So three days later, the hanging went ahead. Lord Sandwich raised his children with Martha. I should say as well at the hanging, of course, there was a massive crowd, like huge gathering, etc. Lord Sandwich raised his children with Martha and made financial precisions for them to be looked after after his death. A level of care sadly not extended to many children born out of wedlock in those days. And that is the tragic story of Martha Ray, a.k.a. Martha Heslop. Yeah, she was only probably, what, 35, seven years older than him? She was was seven years older than him, so I'm doing the math. She would have been 35, 36 at the time of her death, the poor woman. And then as well, um, the thing with the guy wanting to be hanged, obviously I don't believe in, um, I mean, like, yeah, being killed because what if you didn't do it? Do you know what I mean? Or what's it, what's it called? Death. But like, imagine having to, li- like death probably was an easier option for him than having to leave in, live in the jails for forever back then. Oh yeah. Oh, God, well, they just didn't do. I, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, look, if you killed someone back then, you were just getting executed. Yeah, that yeah. was just what that happened. So what is the lesson we have gleaned? Is there anything, because I know like the shift is all about relationships. Is there anything we can take from it's the a story? Sad, it's a sad one because I do think, unfortunately, when someone puts their sights on you and that happens today as well and you can say, no, I'm not interested, go away, no, thank you. You kind of just have to hope that they they won't kill you. Like, it's, sorry, it just comes back to the whole being a woman thing. It can be when someone mm. gets digs their nails in, um, I think the moral of the story is men, please go to therapy. Um, <laughs> and you're not owed anything. You don't deserve anything. And if someone's not interested, don't go change your job, change your looks, change it. Go um, and like work on your actual mental and uh, go on a dating app and meet someone else. Like, you know, I think it is just about respecting what the other person is saying to you, isn't it? Yeah, and just no means no. Like, it's it's hard because there's that whole thing of coy. And my friend was just saying about how that there's, like, this weird cult 
called like honey badgers and uh she was saying about how that they tell you like when you're in this like weird cult thing i don't really understand it completely but that is this like twin flame twin flame that thing yeah don't take no for uh don't take no for an answer keep keep pushing really dangerous really to be dangerous. saying this to people yeah, yeah who like, are obviously feeling vulnerable they're rejected and like they have somebody in the ear saying you should keep pushing that's exactly what you should not do a hundred percent you have to just let go move on and like i think about like me and leland is the healthiest relationship i ever had but every guy like that i had ended with before was like you know I dated a guy in Ireland who would like wait for me outside work drunk and say this stuff like and kind of like badger me to get back like literally honey badger so funny because he would badger me to get back with him and just would not fucking leave me alone and then do all this like really toxic stuff and then over here any guy I kind of broke up with like that I was like in an intense relationship with like definitely took no for would not take no for an answer wow and I just think about how with Leland everything was like so smooth sailing and if I was like and I have a joke about it where I'm like, when we first fought and I was like, oh, I need space. And he was like, yeah, I respect that. And I, my mind is blown because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Why would you? <laughs> so like, I know. Well, it's if, like, I have that joke about, oh, sorry, finish. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, if I were to say to Leland now and we're in love and we're together and we live together and I said, look, this is actually, I, I've changed my mind. This isn't where we I want to be single. I want to be alone. I'm not re- built for a relationship. He'd be upset, but he wouldn't fucking he'd be like all right like I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that and like I thought we were gonna be together forever but then he'd let me go and it's mm. like I think people like the whole like oh you'd do anything for me you'd possess me you'd you'd uh you'd die for me and that's the type of person you don't want to fucking be with because that ends oh, up yeah. like really that level unhealthy. of intensity is toxic and so toxic. ultimately no means no if somebody rejects you you have to respect that and like no good is going to come from persistently hounding someone that is going to have the opposite effect. You're going to wear them down. But also, like, if you're sitting there, you're, you've composed a WhatsApp, the fingers hovering, should I send it, should I not? If that person has said to you, I don't want to be with you, trust that. Listen to them. Yeah. Listen to what they're saying. It's funny, though, you talk about, like, the whole toxic masculinity thing, because I was saying before about, like, obviously Will Smith getting cancelled after the Oscars and you know, boxing Chris Rock. And I remember that week, I think because I was just in the midst of my Britney show, which looks at like naughty's misogyny, I was just really riled up about this. I think an awful lot of women were, you know, like we were all like just really riled up. And I remember saying to Red, like, this is absolutely disgusting. Like, I don't care what somebody says about your wife. Like you can't lay your hands on another human being. It's just completely unacceptable. And I was saying to Fred, I was like, you wouldn't do that, would you? Like, you know, if Chris Rock insulted me, like you wouldn't go up there and box him in the face. And Fred was like, Julia, I absolutely promise I would never do it. And I was like, well, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, that feels like such a trap. Yeah. yeah. Why the hell not? Yeah. How dare you not defend me? So look, that's what it's like being married to me. That is the story of Martha Ray stroke Heslop. It's a great old story, isn't it, Katie? Mm. It's a brilliant story. And what I really like about it is, and I truly think, it, like, obviously there's evidence that they weren't having an affair. She was like, leave me alone. I'm not interested. I think I it, I was thinking, oh, she's going to want to run off with this young lad and it's the James guy who killed her. Not the James guy, the Earl of Sandwich who kills her. That's what I was thinking. Of, that's where it was going. Yes. Well, you see, because generally speaking with these stories, you know, older man, you know, maybe kind of territorial, possessive, controlling. Like these are stories we're very familiar with. So to hear about this young gun, pardon the pun, rocking up and he's the one ultimately to end her life like it's just and also it it is just terrifying to think like her taking the arm of a guy as he's helping her into her carriage was supposedly what tipped him over the edge and there is layered misogyny to that as well because obviously the intuition being like what they're kind of intuiting there is like oh yeah he had a motive this you know like no sorry it's not even yeah it's he's crazy totally crazy because not even her her non-husband husband is would be reacting about that. The other thing too is um, she could have left her husband, had security, been in a marriage, probably could have went off and done acting, which shows she really did love her. So when I say husband, her non-husband, she really yeah. did love the sandwich guy because she could... <laughs> Wouldn't we all she, love a sandwich guy? I know, yeah, because she could have fecked off with your man and kind of did her own thing with her kids. And yeah, it's really, it's just really sad. 
How I think it's good to wrap up the project on that high energy moment. Wait, wait, <laughs> no, I know. Remember when I said said, "Oh, people forget where they come from," but now mm-hmm. seeing how crazy he was. I think what she did was a lot of the time what women will do is they'll say oh no I actually don't date short men or I actually don't date men from Ireland or I don't you know you're trying to like Very soften true. the blow yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the men get really annoyed about this and be like well I can put on a New Yorker accent when really it's like I just don't fucking like it that is and so true we're so afraid to say I actually don't like it I'm just not interested because you don't want to hurt their feelings we say we, you're spat on we've just so bro- I've just broken up with someone I'm not looking for a relationship you say you're seeing someone when you're not seeing yeah, someone all the time so we're so worried about your ego and it's so fragile and I'd say that's why she said oh no I would never be with a soldier not fucking thinking he'd go get Katie, another job you're so smart yeah. I think you've got it in one and if she had have just in the first time said look no I, I just don't want to be with you at all he could have snapped then it's a fucking minefield I think what you said there the fragility of the male ego chef's kiss that yeah. just sums up the whole podcast yeah and I know a lot of men who are probably listening to both of our podcasts don't feel that way because they're just great and they're listening to women already. So they're like, yeah. They are. Do you know what? Recently I discovered that 70% of my listeners are men. Oh, that's So I amazing. think I'm a bit of a babe, am I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like 50-50. <laughs> I'm 50-50 men. So women. listen, we do love the men. Um, Like we don't love this fella, James. But, you know, like oh, we I do. Oh, I love yeah. men. Oh my God. Yeah, we do, my life course. was obsessed with men for a long time. Well, listen... But not obsessed in a, I'm going to go off and become a reverend and meet you at the theatre with no, two I guns wasn't kind of way. A healthy obsession. Wanted, I was always dating. They're always yeah, on my mind. a healthy obsession. Um, let's see. So we should round this off at follow Julie at Julie J Comedy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yes, and follow Katie at Katie Boyle Comedy. Thank you. No, Katie Boyle Comic. Oh, excuse me. Um, And then I I have the video of this. They'll be on the Patreon. I'll send you the video file. You can do whatever you want with it. And then it'll be on Crimeland and on The Shift. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great. I won't pretend to say goodbye to you because I am sitting on your couch and I'm staying here tonight. But let's just pretend it's a farewell. Goodbye. Love you all. Lovely to meet you. Bye. (laughs) To meet me. (laughs) Bye.